This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. Play up, play up, for fail. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Wednesday the 19th of April. It's quarter past 10 at night and way past my bedtime, but luckily I'm not working this week, so I can go a little bit later, but we'll still keep it relatively brief. We're going to have a quick review of Ipswich v Vale last night, and I'm joined by Johnny and Big Phil. So Big Phil, I'll come to you first. First match without Daryl Clark. We haven't spoke to you on the podcast since. Initial thoughts on the news of Daryl Clark leaving? Yeah, I was totally shocked, to be fair. And, and to be fair, I was gutted and a little bit sad. Uh, first time, really, a manager's left us where I felt that way since probably Mickey Adams. Uh, I think it was a strange time to do it with four games to go. Bit of a knee-jerk reaction. And I think he's been made a bit of a scapegoat for the current situation. Uh, whereas it's not only him, there's a team of them now. And I think there's other people need to have a look in the mirror at what they've done and the part they've played. And not just Gerald Clark in it. Mm. I'm a little bit gutted as, as the old romantic in me was like sort of with, with last season finishing like it did. And old Clarky there at the playoff final with him having that five-year contract. The old romantic in me, because I lived through the John Rudge era and thought he'd, he'd be there for success and stability uh, were returning and obviously not. And the case and the ruthless, brutal world of football was totally exposed with it. But obviously, you've got to look at the other side of the coin. His results, it's a result-led industry. And out of the last 19 games, we've only won two, we've drawn five, and we've got 12 defeats, with 11 points being totally unacceptable, really, at this stage of the season. And to put that in perspective, people have been mentioning about the Bruno season, which people look at the car crash of a season that is. And I'd look today, the 19 games which are the same at the same point of the season as we've had now, so I, 
after the first one of the new year in the Bruno season. And we fell off the edge of a cliff on that season towards the end. Yeah, and the nine games of the Bruno won. We played 19, we won three, we drew, drew five, and we had 11 defeats. So we had 14 points from them 19 games. So in the Bruno season, we had three points and we have now. And from just, just finishing off on this, from my perspective, given, given how, how the club portrays itself, I think, I think Flickcroft's got to have a little look at himself. I, I think he can't go without, without being criticised for what's actually gone on. And in any sort of business that you find, the owner of the business, if the manager on the shop floor isn't doing his job properly, he'll go to the director and say, what's going on then? And the director will say, well, such and such. And then the owner will say to the director, he'll say, well, you're the one who employed him. And I I think Daryl Clark's going to make the scapegoat for this. And what, what, what I hope that doesn't happen with our football club is all the pieces of the jigsaw at the moment. We've got a great owner, and I thought we've got a cracking manager. And I just think the weak link in all this might be, in my opinion, Davey Flickcroft. And when you look at his credentials to be a director of director of football, it's a job he's never had in the past. So he's going in there doing a job that he's never done before. Uh, if you look at his record, He's quite a failed football manager. He managed Barnsley in the Championship, got the sack. He went Berry, and he was backed by that Stuart, by that Stuart, I think it was Stuart Day or something like that, who got all the money at Berry, who eventually took him to the wall. And he got one promotion with them. He was there for three years, and he was there at the time when Popey signed for him, everybody. He then went Swindon. They got a big budget, just come down from the third division down into the fourth division. Didn't do didn't do well there with the budget whatsoever. And then he went Mansfield with that John Radford when he started throwing money around and everything. And he he lasted twelve months there and got the sack. And when you look at what he's done in his managerial career, he's had them four clubs, he's had one promotion. You look at Daryl Clark, he's had clubs which have barely had a budget between them. And he's had two promotions at Salisbury. He had two promotions at Bristol Rovers, and he's had one promotion at the Vale. And so he's had five promotions, Daryl Clark has. And when you look at his managerial, managerial career, he's had 587 games as a manager with a win percentage of 43.6. When you look at David Flitcroft, he's only managed 312 games. He's had big budgets at all the places where he's been, practically, and he's got a win percentage of 40.1. So when you so, look at it... Phil, just, just yeah? stop you there a minute. Just to play devil's advocate. OK. Liverpool's director of football, Michael Edwards. Yeah. What's his win, what's his win percentage as a football manager? Well, he's never been one, has he? Exactly. So what, So, so why, why are you comparing Flickcroft's ability to be a director of football on his ability to be a football manager? I don't think the two <laughs> correlate for me. I'm not, I'm not really. What, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking, I'm judging on his ability... His, his, his ability to do the job that he's been brought in to do when he's when he's had no experience of it. He's, he's been to three football clubs which have had massive budgets where he's been able to recruit the players that he's wanted to recruit. He's come to our football club and I don't think his recruitment as a director of football has been good enough 
given the tools that he's had. So that's what I'm judging him on. I'm judging him on what his past experience at other football clubs with big budgets and not being able to recruit properly. And he's proved for me at our football club, he's not been able to recruit properly. And he's proved to me that he's had no experience in the job previously. The chap who you're talking about has had experiences in other roles. He's proved himself to be successful in those rules, roles, whereas David Flitcroft hasn't. It's interesting. Go it? on. You've got to cut your teeth somewhere. Yeah, that, sorry. You've got to cut your teeth somewhere. And it is an interesting debate because I think, and you cannot have this argument for Daryl Clark as well. Last season, Dave Fleckcroft was a successful director of football because we got promoted. Same as Daryl Clark was a successful manager because we got promoted. What's the measuring stick this year? And if you ask me, if we got get rid of one of them, and let's be honest, no one will know what went on behind the scenes. But I think we all assume that something did for the fact that we dropped off a cliff in January. Now, is that fault with Daryl Clark? Is that fault with Dave Fleckcroft? Us as fans will make his own opinions without knowing the facts. And the people that know the facts are Carol Shanahan, Dave Fleckcroft, Daryl Clark. If you'd asked me one of the two's got go, who do I want go, I'd have kept Daryl Clark. I'm with you. However, we don't know. And I'm still waiting for the club. And I'm sure they will, because it would be a complete own goal if they don't. I'm waiting for the club to come out with something more than the statement they released on the back of Daryl Clark, which we've all said was a really poorly written statement. And I think it'll be interesting yeah. when the club do come out and give us something. And for those wondering, saying Johnny sounds different. Johnny's been out gallivanting, so he is on his phone rather than his normal position recording the laptop, but we can still hear him loud and clear. Yeah, and, and like, like I say, Bez, from what, what you've just been saying, it, we, do, we do need to hear from the club about it more than just a statement. We also, I think we need to hear from Corky, because yeah. this this LinkedIn business is, is, isn't helpful at the minute. There's, there's a lot. He's replying to a lot of messages on LinkedIn. He's put a post on the other day about people in glass houses. I think, for me, that's that's not helpful because Bale fans are looking into it, thinking he's been shit on from a very big height. Look at him after everything he's been through. But there's two sides to every story. Do I think Daryl Clark's been a saint for the last six months? No, I don't. Do I think Dave Flitcroft's been a saint in that period? No, I don't. Do I think Carol Shanahan's moved the goalpost in that six months? Yes, I do. And I think that's the thing. I think each part of them have got to take take their bit to the blame. Now, somewhere in that, one of them three will will shoulder more of the blame, blame than the other. And without facts, we, we can't. We can't judge which one of the three realistically. Now, at the minute, I feel it falls on Carol's shoulders above the other two because she will be the one that is, is the money. She's the money. So if, if that changed, she said it's discussions happened in November, December. That discussion didn't didn't come out of our club from a professional standpoint because Corky and Flickcroft were talking around Peterborough time about three signings, money, da 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 da, da. So we, we, we've got to, we, we need clear direction. We, we spoke quite a bit the other day about philosophy, but I think the big thing is we need some clear direction. Um, and 
that alludes basically to what Big Phil was just saying mm. in, in terms of Flickcroft. It's we we we've got we've got to get this structure right now, and Flickcroft's success will be judged on who walks through the door next and what we do. So, putting you both on the spot a little bit, what does success look like for you, Big Phil? What Flickcroft does next? So, if in the next twelve months, what would you say? Dave Flitcroft has been a success in his role. Obviously, the recruitment of the managers is of paramount importance. So he's, he's got to get he's got to get somebody in there. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I I think reading between the lines, they brought that Schofield in as coach. I can't see him just bringing them in for four games. So everything points to me. Andy Crosby's going to get the gig. Now, if you look what Andy Crosby did last season, when Daryl Clark wasn't there, fair enough, he didn't do a bad job. So, given I think the board budget is going to be reduced next season, he's the obvious option to go. I don't think they'll go down a route of getting a like they did with Daryl Clark, paying compensation. That I don't, I don't think that'll be the case. And given how long Crosby's been there, I think he'll he'll bring up the job. So if if he if he takes him on board and Crosby proves to be successful, he keeps us in this league again. We see a little bit of progress. I think his recruitment has got it. It's got to be better, but we we need we you can't you can't really throw the book at him if he if he's having a reduced budget and the better players that we've got now, say the Wilsons, which a lot of people won't be bothered if he does go or stay or whatever. But say we end up bringing a lesser quality player in and he does go a bit wrong, he, everything's relative to the budget that we're going to have. Yeah, so he'll be, he'll be judged at the end of the day on his recruitment of players. I don't, I don't think the manager, I think Crosby will be the manager and it's going to be the recruitment of players. And if we end up next season with a reduced budget, staying in this league, I think that I think he's done a good enough job. If yeah. he doesn't and we get relegated and we end up after, say, I don't know, by November time, December time, Andy Crosby, Persevima, 3-4-3, and then we're in the bottom two, and he ends up getting the sack. Flickcroft goes with him for me. We don't know we're getting a reduced budget, but I'm with you, big fella. I think everything points towards that. We don't know that, and it could be somewhat completely different, but the fact that Carol's come out and says the club needs to be self-sustaining, that they've already put five years' money in in four years, I can't see how the budget's going to be the same as this year's or bigger. Could be completely wrong because we don't know. I just don't see it. So I'm with you. I think the budget will be smaller. For me, success, Johnny, to answer your question, is that we're not in this position next season at this point. With three games go, where we've still got a chance of going down. And I actually think after the results last night, we could potentially lose the last three and still stay up. So I think we're going to be okay. But for me, success would be that we are 15th upwards next season. And that so is down to the yeah. It's progress. Yeah, March, March, March the 1st, that's it. Our season's over, mate, is what you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Season's over by that point, and we're, we're where Fleetwood are. We're where, you know, Exeter are. We're where, you know what yeah. I mean, them sides that are comfortable mid-table now and just enjoying the last six to eight games. And maybe at that point, we can bloody plenty like we did last night with less pressure on and we can blood a Tommy or whoever the next crop of youth team players coming through are that we can look at for the season after. So for me, Fleckcroft yeah. will be judged on where we are in 12 months' time. But I'm with you, Big Phil. 
and I said this on the last pod, that if he brings the next manager in and we are in that position in November that you talk about where we're in bottom two and we're nine points off safety and that, the new manager goes and Flickcroft goes on with you on that. Yeah, I, I think the, the only way Flickcroft survives that instance for me is if the players we signed, you look at them and go, these players are good enough, but we're not getting the best out of them. That's, that's the only way that Flickcroft survives that one. Uh, but I do agree on the whole. The budget thing, I'm quite interested that we've brought another coach in and yet we're all thinking the budget's going to be flashed. Again, it's only four games, but we're going to have to Clark in some comments. Yeah, you put out, so out your back. It will be. You cut out. To be fair, I'm judging the reduced budget probably same as Big Phil on the fact that Carol's come out and said that they aren't going bad, that they can't, not they can't, but the club needs to be self-sustaining. And we know from looking at the accounts that the Shanahan's are putting about a million quid a year in. So to me, that million pound, I still think she'll put money in. I don't think she's just going to cut all ties and go, no more money's going in from us. But to me, that interview was saying we're not going to carry on putting the money in at the same rate that we have been. She also said January was a success, so, you know, don't believe everything she says. Very true. Very true. Anyway, that's enough talk about the manager and what's going on. Let's move on to last night's game. So, we went to Portman Road to Ipswich, who was second in the table. Um, finished Ipswich 2, Vale 1. Nathan Broadhead with both Ipswich goals on 53 and 84 from the spot after Mal Benning gave Vale the lead 45 plus 2. The stats from the game possession, it'd be no surprise to know that Ipswich had 70% possession to all 30. Total shots, 18 for Ipswich, 6 for Vale. On target, 3 for Ipswich, 2 for Vale. So for all the possession, all the shots they had, them stats say to me that we restricted them to long-range efforts. They were quite speculative and they only managed three shots on target in the game. So I think we could all see me and Johnny were there in the stadium. Big Phil, you watched at home. It was a more gutsy performance from Vale, more workman-like, and every player rolled the sleeves up and had a go last night, Big Phil. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, on television, it, it was a game of defence against attack. And the problem being, with when, when you play that and you give away possession that much, it's very difficult to keep that up for 90 minutes. You've, you've, you've got to be really, really fit to be able to do that. I thought they, I thought they kept the structure really well. Uh, they didn't give them any spaces whatsoever. And, it, and if you look at it, first off, they didn't really create a chance at all. And... You look at sort of how the game was going. Uh, he took a clinical finish to get them back on par. And then, obviously, the penalty, which was which was like deja vu. I thought we were playing Swindon because that's like exactly what happened. And Swindon at home, well, Malbeni handballed it like that and he didn't give it. <laughs> yeah. He did last night. So, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought for they're a quality, quality team. Who move the ball well with quality players, and I thought we did we did brilliantly in battle. And if we'd have battled like that a bit more against the Cambridges of this world, we wouldn't be in the predicament that we are now. Yeah, agree with that, Johnny. Your initial thoughts? Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but 
it never was going to be. And I'd prefer it be not pretty in that way than it be a not pretty and we're talking about a 6-0 defeat. So, um, it was probably anti-football, but sometimes you've got to do what you can, you've got to do to stay in the league. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And to be fair, what got what was quite easy to see is that every player knew the job. The second we lost the ball, they were in shape and everyone was ready to do what they wanted, you know, what Crosby asked them to do. So the one, the one, what, just before we go on, the one thing I will say, we got a point last night without realising we'd done it because it, what, what I was worried about last night was we've got that extra point with Cambridge chasing us. We've got a goal difference, which I think is either five or six better than them. And I was just worried last night. If we take the right tonk in six or seven last night, that gets rid of that point advantage and puts us on the same goal difference as Cambridge. So by losing 2-1 and then losing 2-1, it's exactly the same. So in a way, if you look at it, we've we've got a point without really getting one. Yeah, in all fairness, I was worried about a tonk and I think we all were. So yeah, good point and, you know, as you say, we didn't get that and let's hope we don't get on the next three. But, Johnny, before kick-off, you text me and you said, odd line-up, but we expected nothing from the game. So, let's see what we can get. And it was as short and sweet as that. Yeah, look, it, it was, it, obviously, it was odd to see Pet not in. Um, I think we've heard injury now. But, um, yeah, and then didn't didn't know where Planty, Massey, Warrell, Benning, Butterworth, Willow were all going to fit. So, um, when, you saw, when you saw what Planty did in Centre Mid, you go, do you know what? That's why Crosby's made to be the boss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we'll get on to Planty because he was exceptional. Um, Johnny, you may as well carry on. Ratings on Crosby and his coaching staff for last night. Um, I think seven for Crosby. Um, the 11 is, is what it is, but they, they were drilled. They knew the job. They, they stuck to it. And ultimately, we were beaten by a million and a half pound player that was signed in January that's on 10k a week. Yeah. 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 It's always going to happen. But it took a goal which I'm almost convinced took a deflection off Forrester for the first. Um, good movements and, and whatnot. But I think I'm convinced Forrester got a nick on it. And then the second one's a penalty through. Benny made two blocks beforehand and unfortunate to shut his arm shouldn't be up but it's a difficult one yeah no it is I'm with you I think Crosby did everything that we could expect last night and actually we were a lot better than we thought we'd be Big Phil any comments on Crosby and the coaching staff from last night yeah when, when, the, when the team was out I thought crikey I looked at it I thought he's saving a few for the big game on Saturday there and like I said previously I was just a bit concerned our goal difference was going to take a bashing but he didn't. And you've got to give him credit. He got him motivated. And given everything that's got on, it's a lot for everybody to take in. And sort of like going there, especially, probably the, the last place you want to go with what's been going on the past week is Ipswich away. But I thought they nullified him. I thought his game plan was spot on. So, yeah, you can't fault him on that on that performance. So uh, long may continue, shall we say. Yeah, three more mini-season games, if you like. So let's see what goes on. But... Let's get into the side, Johnny. The players' ratings brought to you by Johnny's Bar. Get yourselves down Johnny's Bar. Certainly, 
before the Bristol game, have a pint and buy me one. End goal, Aidan Stones, Johnny. For a start, you're not drinking, you're on a diet. Uh, I'm off work uh, this week. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> so, so off work means off diet? I mean, Pretty much, sorry, yeah. Not, not diet, healthy eating. Sorry. Correct, correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stoney, six for Stoney. Um, I don't think he's done anything about either of the goals. Commanded his area well, a couple of good catches and good punches from corners, especially in the first half. He caught one wonderfully in the six-yard box where he just bullied their lads out the way. Um, kicking was was decent, given he, he didn't really have a target with Willow, um, Butworth and Matty up there. So that that was decent. Time-wasting was time-wasting, wasn't it? It's not pretty to see, but we know why he was doing it. And overall, decent performance. And even if he went the right way on the penalty, he wasn't saving it because it was inch perfect. So, all right, day by Stoney. Not, nothing to rave about, but nothing nothing that where, where I'm sat thinking, shit, this is terrible. Yeah, but Phil? Yeah, I can't really recall him having a save to make, to be fair. The goal, the first goal that went past him was a class finish. I couldn't tell whether he got a deflection or not. The penalty, like like Johnny says, if if he was standing up that way, I don't think he'd have still saved it. Uh, his kicking was okay, and the only the only thing they did wrong for me, second half, he came for a cross, flat at it, went straight over him, and uh, if anybody had been standing behind him, he would have nodded his in. But uh, apart from that, yeah, he was he did what he got to do. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you both on Stony. I seem to remember as well, didn't he come out and make a real good punch at one point as well, where he climbed above everyone, and punched it, and. Yeah. Got yeah. enough on it. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought Stoney did everything you expected him to. None of the goals is Fulton. Had a decent enough game, but I'm with you, John. You can't really give him more than six out of ten because there was nothing there for him to do otherwise. So, yeah, with you both. Big Phil, you first next. Right of the back three, Will Forrester. Yeah, I thought he had a great game, to be fair. Uh, he kept his shape, kept his composure. Um, showed his class. Uh, yeah, I thought it, there, there isn't a lot to say on, on what's really gone on last night because, like I say, he was totally defensive against the tap. Um, at the odd times, he, he was one of the people which I, th- I think we panicked a lot. We, we, we could have been a bit more composed on the ball when we got it, and we tend to give it away too easily. But he was one of them that, that tried when he got the ball to have a little bit of composure because they closed down well, they pressed, and his distribution was all right last night. And he, 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 was, he was up there for man of the match for me. Johnny? Quite interesting, because um, I actually think that he wasn't tight enough for his man for the goal. Um, and obviously, not. I'd love to see a proper replay across across the pitch to see if it's him not being tight enough or if it's just good movement from Broadhead, who's, who's a very good player. So I'll give him the benefit. I do think he was a yard off his man, but it could also be good movement. But yeah. I think he was part of a, a back seven, shall we say, that was disciplined. They knew the job. They knew that there was danger men there. And they, they did everything almost perfectly. Um, so, yeah, decent, decent by Forrester. I think Big Phil's spot on that him and Donnelly, I thought, tried to play football more than the rest of them. Um, but, yeah, it's... Decent for me, happy, 
good building block. We move on, um, and it's six for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And yeah, I think you're right, Big Phil, and what you said that a lot of the time, as a team, it was a case of get the ball out as far as you can, set up for a comeback. But I get why when you look at some of the players we were playing against, and as you've already said, Johnny Broadhead that scored both goals, they've signed for one and a half million and is on ten grand a week. So, and that's without your fall back who they paid was it over a million quid for the left back, Leif Davies. Yeah, paid him paid a million quid for him, and then they, they convinced Freddie Ladapo not to have a season in the Championship with Rotherham. Yeah, and come have another season in League One. So, so, yeah, and I think when the Ipswich accounts come out, they'd lost seven million quid. So that does show you, you know, what we're up against when you see the attendance again. They're still losing seven million quid. So, yeah, moving on, Johnny, middle of the back three was old Smudgy. I thought Smudgy, apart from wearing white boots, because Nathan Smith is not a white boots wearing defender. I never even picked up great, on that. It frustrated the life. I, was, I saw him wearing white boots and I'm like, Nathan, what are you doing? That's not you. Um, apart from wearing white boots, I thought he was fantastic against Ladapo. Like, Ladapo kept trying to pin him and spin off him. And Smithy would just take the contact and then take a step backwards. So, Ladapo was spinning into Nathan Smith. And I'm, I don't want to be running into Nathan Smith. So, I can't imagine that Freddie Ladapo fancied it either. Um, defensively, he was great. He did everything right. If if you're being ultra critical, um, distribution wasn't great, but you know it's he it, it did what he needed to do for me. Um, got the to be more communicating than normal. Um, I don't know if that's just with confidence or whatnot, but I was really happy with you know solid seven out of ten performance. Big Phil. Yeah, he played well. I thought he grew into the game. I thought when he started off, he, he was sort of panicking every time the ball came. He just he just do for either out for a, for a throw in or just like any, anywhere will do. But he's uh, defending against Ladapo was brilliant last night, and that, that, that's what we expect to smudgy, smudgy. And also the, the first half, that Chaplin who they've got who likes to run behind, he didn't get behind all night. And there was one, especially, you, you, the closest to come was first half. And Smithy shepherded him out and gave him a good shoulder barge and, and chucked him out on, on, on the sideline. I don't know if you remember that. And I thought it was brilliant defending yeah. that was. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they went mental for it, didn't they? They were screaming for a did. penalty. Yeah. yeah. And it was hilarious. Brilliant defending. And that really typified his performance for me. And, uh, yeah, the, the game was made for him. He, he, he rose to the occasion. And, yeah, he, that, that, that's a smithy we know, to be fair. Yeah, with you both on your thoughts, Mudge was excellent on his better performances of late. Thought he was excellent. And as you say, Ladapo goes off. I think it's still 1-0 when he goes off. And at that point, you're like, Smithy, you've done your job on him. They're, they're having to take him off and bring on another million-pound striker. Yeah. Well, yeah, got on loan from um, Leicester, wasn't it, George Hurst? That's it. That's it. Yeah. But, but yeah, that says up. Everything you need to know about what Smithy did last night, that Ladapo went off without having a sniff. And yeah. it was excellent, especially after his confidence has probably taken a bit of a knock after some of the recent performances, which haven't been up to his normal standard. You know, Dale Taylor, battery name, the bloody Patterson as he took front for Accrington. Who's the big one? Yeah. Presley, Presley. Presley, yeah. Presley, battery name. So, real good from Smudgy. 
Um, it is Big Phil. You next, young Aaron Donnelly. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give him man of the match. I'll tell you, he was my man of the match. Nineteen-year-old lad playing against them on a game like that. And the one thing about him, when he when he when he's had bad games, he never ever hides. And he must he must have a good character because being nineteen years of age, and and some some of the tough games he's had, he's he's always there to be counted. And I thought he had a cracking game last night. The the only mistake he made was in the first minute where he could have gone horribly wrong. He he got the wrong side of, of, of their forward game thing through. I think it might have been that Burns, and he clipped it forward. And Ladapo, that was the only chance he had. Was literally in the first thirty seconds he ended it wide, and. He got the wrong side of him there, but that was the only mistake he made. And along with Forrester, he was the only one really at the back. He was he was trying to play football and try try trying to keep possession when when we'd actually got it. And for for a nineteen year old lad to play like that with his composure and so forth, he's only going to get better and better. And I think like everybody has been saying over the past few weeks, I don't I don't think even he, he he's a left sided of, of a three. I think I think naturally he's a left back. So given given everything, what he did last night, he was man of the match for me. Yeah, whether you see why you've gone for him, he wasn't mine, but I can see why you have gone for him. Johnny. Yeah, I again I agree with what you just said, Bez, where you can see why. I think it was one of his better games. Um I'd i go as far as say it was the best game he's had against a good team. I think whenever we've come up against the better teams, he he's he struggled, which given his age and experience it's not it's not a criticism it's just fact you, you need to learn the game don't you and some professionals that, that he's been up against have been playing longer than he's been alive so it, it it's always going to be a learning curve but look, last night i thought he was brilliant putting some real good tackles the first 30 seconds i did think could have been a long night because it it, it didn't look pretty when he got in between him and mal but they recovered well and yeah, he was it was he was good. He was good last night and he he got he got a seven for me. The the back three was brilliant. The and then the the front the four in front screening, shall we say, really helped and it's a it's a building block and yes it wasn't a point or anything but or a clean sheet or, or whatnot, but it's a good building block for the lads. Yeah, just because I can't remember and Matty Goodwin up kill us otherwise. Did you give Smudger a rating? I think you gave Stoney a six, Forrester a six, Forrester a six, Smudger a seven, yeah, and, and then Donnelly a seven. Young Aaron Donnelly, as you like to call him, a seven. Young Aaron Donnelly, yes. Yeah. Um, so, Johnny, you're next. And on the right wing back position, was Wazzy? I thought Was was, was okay. Defensively, thought with the ball he panicked a little bit, and I don't know if that was game plan of getting as far up as quick as possible, but he wasn't as composed with it. But defensively, he was brilliant. He's marking Lee Davies for 90 minutes. Butterworth was coming in and helping him. Obviously, Forrester was coming across and helping with with the movement because Ipswich have got some fantastic movement. Um, and yeah, was had a was had a solid game. Nothing spectacular, but six for me. Yeah, but Phil. Yeah, he, he did what he had to do. He, his main priority last night was defending, and he, he did that well. He didn't leave no gaps behind him. Nobody got nobody got round him down the side of him or anything. He could have been more composed on the ball, but you could say that for probably nine other players. To be fair, 
he was unlucky first off, first off when he went through and he chipped it over the goal and he just went wide. And if, if he had time to gone so far, he was nearly a penalty, that was, because goalie flattered it. And every, everybody was like, sort of like wanting it. But with, with he going so far ahead of him, ref was never going to give him. But uh, apart from that, yeah, solid performance, like many others. You've just made me go back to that because I completely forgot about that incident and with Wasi. And in the ground, Johnny, we were like, even the Ipswich players kicked it to the corner flag. It's a corner. Keeper saved it. It's a corner. And then you got it sent you, Johnny, on video. And for me, it is a penalty. Was has beat the goalie to it. The goalie hasn't touched the ball. It's clattered, was it? And whether was is getting the ball or not, the ball is in play. It's a penalty. And I do think we got hard done to that and could have had a penalty for that. He could have got I do get what Big Phil just said, though. Like, do you, do you, do you, does, yeah, I can't get my words out. It's not an element of needing to have the ball under control. No. No, if the ball's in play, which it is, because it hasn't gone out yet, if you get clattered, for instance, you could argue, in letter of the law, we should have had a penalty in the second half, where their goalie's got the ball in his hands and their player pushes Smith in the face. That ball yeah. is still in play. Therefore, their player committing a foul like that is a penalty if the ref deems that he has fouled Smithy. Yeah. If he punched Smith, the ref's giving a penalty. So it doesn't matter that Smith's not in control of the ball and not going to score. The ball is in play and he's been pushed in the face. I think the fact that the ref has probably looked at him and gone, Smithy's probably pinching him and it's six of one half a dozen of the other. Yeah. He's probably ref with more common sense than following the laws of the game. But no, if unless the ball is out of play, if you get fouled, doesn't matter. Vale could be on the attack, for instance. Willow's on the ball, edge of their box, and the liner sees that Aidan Stone has punched their striker in the box. That's a penalty to Ipswich, even though the ball's down the other end of the pitch because the ball's in play. Fair enough. So, yeah, no, it was a penalty. You could argue that it's not a sending off because it's not a dogzo. It's not a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity because Was is not getting to the ball. So you could argue it's only a yellow card offence. But yeah, so there we go. That's that one cleared up. But yeah, good shout, Big Phil. And with you both on Was, typical Was, hard-working, six out of ten feels right. Who's next? As in between you two, not which player. It's a player, player, um, Big Phil. Big Phil, you got Mal Benning then on the opposite side. Yes, he, he grew into the game. Again, sort of like starting off, started off rather nervous. Didn't, his distribution was awful to start off with, but he, he sat in. Really didn't, nobody really got behind him. Great goal. But when he come down, he hit it with that left foot. He wasn't as good as the one at Wembley, but he was... He was he was like three quarters as good. He was a cracking strike straight in the bottom corner, and he was unlucky with that penalty because on the television where I watched it, they 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 did appeal twice. The first one I've seen him give them, and I thought, oh, he's got away with that one. But the second one, he he was a spit image of the Swindon one. It hip switch like that. You put your arm up like that. He's he's definitely going to give it. Uh, he, did, he, he didn't get forward too much. He got forward on a couple of occasions. Uh, first off, especially one of them, whereby there's a cracking ball from Butterworth. He's, he's best play the, 
best player of the game, Butterworth. He spread it out to Benning. Benning went down the left. He cut it back. And I forget who he cut it back to. Uh, shot Team first time. Point. I was just kidding. Yeah, I thought it was plenty. Yeah, yeah shot plenty. And, he, and he got blocked. But that was that was the best, probably best move we had of the game. So yeah, I thought I thought Benny had a steady game. To be fair, yeah, no, I'm with everything you've said, Johnny. Yeah, um, I think Benny, the penalty was annoying, but it happens. And probably like like Big Phil just said, there was definitely an handball just before that when he slid with his arm out, and you've seen him given so. Um, one was one was going to happen sooner rather than later in that in that run run I think. Um, but yeah, almost great finish, absolute great finish. How how he's brought that ball down after after the first touch where he's just dinked it pretty much straight up in the air, and and got it right in the corner. Don't forget their keeper's six foot six foot five, six foot six. He's not he's not a small bloke, is he? No. So he. If you, I don't know if you've seen the blink camera of it, of where it goes. Their keeper's spread across, and Benny's probably in the only place where he can't reach. So it was a great finish. Um, would have been higher if it wasn't for the penalty. Um, but yeah, six. So it hurts saying that a little bit because I think the referee's performance was good, but he's gave away a needless penalty, and I think that's that that that's the big thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like he's put in a challenge and just mistimed it. He's, he's jumped with his arm up, and you know, if your arms up, if it hits it at Ipswich, you're gonna get you're gonna get a penalty against you. Yeah, they were going to get a penalty. They were begging all night, weren't they? Their fans for a penalty. Every time oh, yeah. one of their lads fell over, they were begging. It was embarrassing, yeah. actually. It was quite embarrassing. But yeah, I, I thought Ben had an excellent game apart from the penalties you both said. I think he's a little unfortunate. As in, not unfortunate that he was given it's a penalty. There's no question about that. He's he's made a couple of blocks and he's just, you know, he's tried to make himself big and he's ended up hitting his arm. The bloke in front of him was completely berating him, saying how pathetic it was to give it. It's one of them things in football, unfortunately. Sometimes you can't chop your arms off and they're somewhere. It is a penalty. I'm not making excuses. It's one of them things that happens and unfortunately it's happened with six minutes ago. And it was like the Alamo they were coming at us. But I thought Benning, again, for how he's been treated over the past few months, great professional performance, did well. As you both said, got forward on that occasion to set up Planty, got the goal, and you can see what it meant to him. I like Mal Benning. I'm not saying he's the answer going forward, but I like Mal Benning. I think he's a proper, proper professional, proper footballer, and I've got all the time in the world for Mal Benning. Um, Johnny... Next proper captain's performance, Tom Conlon. Yeah, I thought apart from I think you could probably say that about the whole team actually. Apart from the first thirty seconds or so, where everything seemed to bounce off the majority of our players, Conlon settled into the game brilliantly. He he was organising plenty, and that's that that's not an easy job. Do you know what I mean? Helping out a young lad. It's, it's hard enough anyway. Helping out a young lad that's not a centre midfielder, like you, you don't. I don't think anyone will ever realise how difficult that that is. Um, Conlon, I thought, put in some real good challenges. Come away with the ball. My only criticism of him, and it's, this isn't just a criticism of him. This is criticism of Port Vale for probably the last past ten years. To be fair. 
his corners weren't great. And we, we, I just, I think, I, I can't remember the last time we had a decent corner taker. And so that's what I mean. It's not, that's not just on Tom Conlon. But the times when we got got a couple of corners and you think, right, put these in the mixer and let's let's try and do something. They weren't brilliant, but apart from that, his overall his overall play was was great. And that's the Tom Conlon that I like to see. Hard working, grafting, putting his foot on it and then doing the simple stuff. Um I think there's, there's there's not much more you can ask for. It's it, a, a leader's performance, and I don't know if you saw before the game, but he was geeing the lads up. He was he was talking. He he looked he looked he looked ready for it and up for the fight. And maybe that's maybe that red card against Lincoln, although rescinded, kind of was that kick up the arse he needed. Yeah. Um, and he was doing that during yeah. the game, Johnny geeing him up and talking to him and keeping him going. Yeah, he was, it, especially Plenty. A couple yeah. of times where, like, and we'll get on to Planty in a minute, but Planty made a fucking epic challenge in the penalty area in the first half, and Colin yeah. was the first one to him, celebrating almost like a goal, like, yeah. proper picking the kid up and saying, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Mark for him. Uh, seven, seven for Conlon. Yeah, yeah, but really happy, really happy with the whole defensive structure. Yeah, Big Phil. Yeah, I, I think Johnny's at the nail on the head. I think that, that red card being rescinded has been the kick up the backside that he needed. Because as he is a personality, he'll be, he will have felt he's let down the team on Saturday, no matter what, whether whether it was justified or not. So therefore, you, you want a reaction to that. And he gave the reaction in the best possible way. He gave a proper captain's performance. And that's what we wanted from him. Uh, his organisation was brilliant. Uh, it could have his distribution could have been a little bit better, a little bit more composed when he got the ball. But apart from that, he was geeing everybody up and he was doing exactly what you want from a captain. So yeah, I, I thought he was tremendous last night. Yeah, with you both, and he was second in my rating for man of the match. To be honest, Tom Conlon was because of the captain's performance, the fact that he was there, he was geeing everyone up. He was a proper captain performance, and he played well himself as well. It's not just he was telling everyone else well done. He played well himself. So second for me and man of the match. But Big Phil moving on, my man of the match, 17 years old, making his professional debut away at second in the league, Ipswich Town, up against Sam Morsey, James Plant. What a great performance. And a bloke, as you've already said, Johnny, centre mid isn't his natural position. What a performance from Planty. My man of the match. Yeah, what a, what a debut! He, he was my second, and he just missed out. I just I just gave it to Donnelly with him with him playing at the back, but he he, he was brilliant. And like you say, for for a lad make his debut in that environment, his first team debut. And when you look at how Sam Morsey is these days, and, and you look at that Burns he've got in midfield, he, he's he's a colossus as well. Yeah. I thought I, I thought he was brilliant, and he, he he's all right sort of in those environments. But it's dead easy when a young like that get overawed. Dead easy to get over all, but he wasn't. And Johnny stole me thunder. He made an amazing tackle in the first half when he was tracking back. And he, he, made, he made a tackle of, of, I don't know, a mature 32-year-old centre-half that had been playing all his life. And he was a last-ditch tackle. And he, he was going to score, definitely, there, there forward was. And he was brilliant. And like I say, Conlon picked him up. But he wasn't only that. He was dynamic. He, he never stopped running. 
he, he had that shot first off where, where he followed it through when Butterworth gave it Benny and Benny cut it back. And he never stopped trying. He never hid. He never did. He, he, he was fantastic. He was everywhere. It was fantastic. And he wasn't just that last ditch tackle in the first half. There's other ones in the middle. He, yeah, he, he was. Cool. And for, for somebody who's a winger, for him to play like that in the middle, amazing. Brilliant. All, all the plaudits to him. Cracking. Yeah. With you. Johnny, talk to me about 17 year old James Plant. Yeah, he, he was my man of the match yesterday. Not just because of his age. Like, Big Phil just said he, he, that tackle he put in was really mature because you timed that wrong and that's 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 a penalty all day long. So he, he's he's gone in with the the enthusiasm, but he's absolutely won the ball as well. He hasn't just he hasn't just put a tackle in. He plattered the ball away. It was a proper old school challenge, and I loved it. You you Bez were obviously talking last year about Plenty being a dynamic winger. And you saw that at times yesterday. There was there was there was a time when he sprinted about must be about 30, 40 yards to trap back and just outpaced their lad, got got himself in the way, and then did the simple thing of just getting rid of it. Distribution was was poor at times, but that that is that that's gonna come with age, that's gonna come with experience. He's not a centre midfielder. His natural instinct would be to get it down and run, take on his man. That's not what you do in there. So he's he's done a, he's done an absolutely amazing job in there. I think I I was questioning with you last year when we were talking about him majority off air because I know you didn't don't like name the young lads when you've seen them ref. Yeah, but like I was questioning where does he fit in because we don't really play wingers. Um, and if he plays like that, he can play centre mid for the for the rest of his career for me because that was. That that was almost almost perfect. If he score if he scores that one in the first half, which he's caught well moving in, then oh, the place erupts. Like, I think he just he just looked mature, and I think that's that. I think that was the main thing, and that that was helped by Conlon. Conlon helped him through the game a lot yesterday, yeah. and that that's that's understated. Um, so, so yeah, brilliant performance by Plenty. Eight, eight out of ten for me. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's a manager's headache because Pet and Ojo are probably back at, back in and around it um, on Saturday. But I wouldn't like to be making that decision. No, neither would I. Neither would I. And as you say, I said to you last year how good he was and that he was the one that really stood out for me. And Tommy, but he was the one. The only thing that worried me with him, as you've said, I kept saying that he's a winger. Depends who the manager is now and what philosophy the club's going for and what formation we play. Because if we're playing a three up top with wide men, he fits perfect there because I've seen him, and yes, it's against youth players and he's going to be up against men, but I've seen him beat his fullback inside out, leave his fullback trembling, get to the byline and put some quality balls into the box. And if we play the formation we played last night, he could play right of the front man. He could be the right of the three. But yeah. he's made a stake for centre mid, bless him. And what a performance. 17 years of old. The future's bright. The future's plenty. Um, no carpet, man. But if you want a carpet, go over to Home Choose Carpets. Give Tom a call. But he's going away on Monday for a bit. So don't bring him on Monday. He's going better at home. So no, he'll have a sore head. No, ring him on Monday. 6am, yeah, ring him. 
Yeah, ranking. Why not? Why not? Yeah. We'll post his mobile number later. Yeah. And I'm front three, Johnny, right at the front three. And I'm going to give I'm going to start with this one because I've given him a lot of stick throughout the season. Gavin Massey. I thought last night Massey put a proper, proper shift in. Didn't think everything went right for him, but he's a League One footballer. I've given him a lot of stick, so I'll give him some praise. Last night, he ran his arse off, and I've accused him of being lazy a lot. Ran his arse off, tried his best, got back. I thought he had possibly one of his, I won't say best games, because his influence game's better, but his most hard-working game in a veil shirt. And I thought he didn't shirk his responsibility at all last night. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the the, the one thing that disappointed me with Massey last night was he, a couple of his touches went when when he when he got it down the wing and just kind of didn't didn't keep the ball enough for me um, when we were actually getting up there and putting a bit of pressure on them. But everything else about his game was brilliant. Like you said, look. I've said it for weeks now, and I'll keep saying it. Look at the reaction he got as he come off. Like yeah. you don't get that, you don't get that reaction if you've not put your art, your heart and soul into a game. Um, so, and that's that's how easy football can be. He's ran around a bit and making it sound like he hasn't, he didn't do a lot. But that's all we ask: run around a bit, put your put your heart and soul into it, and. If we lose, we lose, but make sure that we lose in the right way. And yesterday we did. We we put everything into it. We had to try a different way to win the game, which is fine. You, there's not one way to win a football game. You you have to play the opponent as well as as playing yourself. Um, but yeah, Massey put himself about, won some good tackles, was was strong at times, was was helpful, and look, he just. And he just needs to be on the ball a bit more and doing what he does well of driving and taking it past his full his fullback because Forest Green away sticks out massively where that's that that was that felt like Gavin Massey chalk on his boots getting the ball in the box doing what he does best so really good performance from from a forwards performance there wasn't much of a forwards performance but you can say that about all three of them. Um, because they were all asked to do a job, and that was defend from the front. And by God, they did. So six out of ten for him, but it's a solid start. And it, it's not. It, it wasn't the the same sort of worry that you've had of oh God, Gavin Mass is starting. And yeah, it, it's part of part of him is a bit pissed off by that. Do you know what I mean? Like a couple of them put in real good shifts, and you think. Why? Where's that been the last few weeks? But the other part of me is like, you've, we've also got to move on, and maybe a new voice has given that bit of a belief, and maybe they found out what makes him tick. I know Crosby spoke about they had a good good discussion about motivation and stuff like that. So maybe they just found what makes Gav tick, and yeah, it's it's a new dawn, maybe. So let's let's see what he does in the next couple. Yeah, I'm with you. And Big Phil, you might not have seen on the tally as Gavin wore past the Vale fans. He got a standing ovation from everyone. And if Massey does listen, I'm sure he doesn't because he'd have sent his hate abuse by now. But if he does listen, that's all Vale fans want. Put a shift in. Phil, what did you think of Gavin Massey last night? Yeah, and he, he, should, he should learn from that because the real Gavin Massey 
turned up last night. I don't know what that imposter they've been watching for the God knows how long. I don't know who that was, but Gabby Massey turned up last night. And well, when when you look at it, if he, if he if he'd have performed like he has been doing recently, he'd have got found out so badly last night because that game demanded, given who we were playing against and what system we were playing, the one thing it did demand was 110% effort, not 100% effort. And he hasn't he hasn't been putting in 10%, never mind the other 100 he needed for last night. And so he found 100% on top of what he's been doing last night. And he was good, he was up and down. I thought, where did this bloke come from? It isn't the bloke I've been watching. And the only time he really got found out uh, was in the first half. He'd gone down. I think he was filling in for Benning. And he, and he stood dead square on, and the bloke put it straight through his legs. And he did the right thing. He, he brought him down, and they had a free kick from it. But uh, apart from that, he was up and down. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, if he plays like that, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. And he should learn from the stick that he's been getting. All, all, all Vale fans want is effort. And he, yeah. and he did it last night. He put effort in. Yeah, with you both. And yeah, I'm more than happy with Gavin Mass if he plays like that. Other side, big fellow the front three, Danny Butterworth. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was a bit frustrating last night because he was he was a little spark to just take the pressure off. And he, he was getting those little pockets and he was getting plenty of the ball, but he kept turning into them and he kept losing it. He's, he's one magic moment and he was a magic moment. That ball he put out to Benny when Benny caught it back for Planty was an absolute cracker. I thought he was industrious. I thought he worked hard. And like I say, if he'd just got a little bit more composure, I thought he, he, he could have had a far more bigger impact on the game than he actually had. But he never did. He kept losing the ball. But like I say, he kept wanting it. And so, yeah, I thought he had a cracking game, to be fair. Yeah, and what people might forget is the ball leading up to Benny. And he didn't just play the ball. He picked the ball up out on the right beat a couple of men, come into the middle and then fed the ball through. It wasn't just a pass. He'd done a lot of work building up to it. Johnny, Danny Butterworth. Yeah, it was cracking ball, wasn't it? Um, he didn't have a favourable job in the first half. He seemed to be picking up Butterworth, uh, Broadhead sorry, when um, Woz was picking up Davies, which then Massimo Longo kept drifting out and being in a lot of space. And we kind of were three on two quite a bit that side and he he seemed to tire on about 35 minutes which which obviously felt like it could have been a problem but then he got a bit of a second wind it was it was decent from him and I, I wasn't enthralled by it um but you saw the bit of quality he had with, with the ball that he played out to the wing you, you saw a couple of times he picked it up and jinked past a couple and tried take on and make something happen so he seems like he's a not quite a luxury player because he does work hard but he's the sort of player that probably is going to play better well we know he's going to play better when we're playing better so yeah i think it was, it was a decent performance um but jury's still a little bit out on butterworth um six out of ten decent but yeah, not not magical. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Johnny, where well, I thought he perhaps wasn't as match fit as others, which is understandable because he hasn't been getting the game time as others. He did look to tie yeah. it easier than the others and 
there was times where Conlon is screaming at him because he hasn't tracked his man. But, you know, Butterworth, as you've said, Big Phil, get him on the ball. He's got that spark and the bit of magic for the ball out for Benning and the build-up to it. He can beat a man and we haven't got many players that can beat a man and he can produce that bit of magic and he needs game time, get his fitness up. But we've only got three games left of the season, so let's see what happens after that. And last but not least, Johnny, centre man, big James Wilson. Yeah, thankless, thankless job, wasn't it, with Jimmy? Like, he's best with the ball at his feet, and bless him, we we asked him to play as a third third centre midfielder for most of it. Um, he worked hard. He put himself about. It's, do you know what? There's 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 not a lot more you can ask from your striker, is there? To to help your team out, we we defended from the front, and he did that. So. Six out of ten for Jimmy. Decent. Nothing. Nothing shout about. I don't think it'll go down in in the memories as one of James Wilson's best games. But also, it it was a part of a good team performance. Yeah, big Phil. Yeah, sort of. Definitely was that that game wasn't for him to show off what he what he's best at. I think I think given how we we're going to play, I just hope that that's just a bit of an indicator of the team we're going to pick for Saturday. Because that that game was really made for Ellis Harris and all he took better, take the pressure off, uh, if possible. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we're going to have uh, Harris and Taylor on against the Rebel Club on Saturday, and so they were just keeping them a little bit for that game. Uh, yeah, he did his best. He ran well. I, th- I think the only criticism I got, he's got that bit of quality, but he, he was again another one who seemed to panic when the ball got to him, which which I was quite surprised with really, because he usually makes that extra yard. And he could have picked that pass out just just relieve a bit of pressure, but yeah, he ran his socks off. He did what he did, and game was definitely not meant for him. Yeah, that's fair. And that was Ipswich away, brought to you by Andy PVFC's taxis. If you need a taxi, get yourself over to him, and he'll sort you out. Give him a bow. Uh, Johnny, very very quick because it's like quarter past eleven and way past my bedtime, and about to turn into a pumpkin. Bristol Rovers at home preview. Yeah. Bristol Rovers at home. Joey Barton brings brings his team here. The fifteenth, fifty-two points. Um, mixed form recently. Lost to Chef Wednesday. Drew a Derby. Beat Fleetwood. Beat Charlton. Um, lost to Portsmouth and Wickham. So they've had they've had a run of tough fixtures. Um, recently. Um, we all know they're a decent side, um, and yeah, they they come to us with a, playing a three three five two. Um, unfortunately for us, Ryan Loft started to get some minutes. Um, he always seems to do well against us, doesn't he? He does. Um, but yeah, like Aaron Collins is the danger man. We know that. Um, He's been involved in 27 goals this season, either scoring or assisting. So that's that's something we've got to be wary of. And um, he's been nominated for League One Player of the Year, which for playing for a side in the bottom half, that's some going. Yeah, that's massive, isn't it? What, what is quite telling is that they made five subs and Gibbo didn't get off the bench um, against Chef Wednesday. Um he actually has played 
Well, but about thirty minutes of football since the eighteenth of um when when he played seventy against Burton and got dragged off. So yeah, Gibbo's not really been in the squad much, and when he has, he's just been on the bench and got a few minutes here and there. But I'm sure we'll be able to um, welcome him back anyway, even if he is on the bench. Yes, give him a great yeah. reception. Oh yeah, definitely. They've got a, they've got a good squad. Like they've they've still got Harry Anderson and John Marquis, Scott Sinclair's there. Um, they've got that Gerald Kwanzaa from Liverpool that Granty got sent off the other week for I think an airport. Um But England in the twenties defend defender. He, he's he's done he's done really well. Um, so yeah. I, it's probably our biggest game of the three in terms of the most winnable. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, big Phil. Yeah, it's they've got a decent away record. To be fair, they've won eight, they've drawn three, and they've lost eight, and they, they've got more points away from home than they have at home. And uh, you can see why, to be fair, because they've got a lot of attacking intent. Sinclair, Anderson, Collins, and the mind loft and so forth. And I think that Coburn's still there, who's, who they've got on loan. And also, the unsung hero on their side, I think that goalkeeper's one of the best goal, that Belshaw, one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I think he's an absolute cracking goalkeeper. And put it this way, if we'd had him in goal this season, we wouldn't be in the position we are. We'd have another five to ten points easily. He's a cracking goalkeeper. So... Yeah, it's it's one of them. I think it's it is the game out of the three. We're more likely to win than the other two. They've got nothing to play for, which which is probably a good thing in our in our favour. They're going nowhere, so hopefully they're looking at the summer holidays, not wanting to get injured and so forth, and probably not going to be up for it as much as, as much as they would have done last season when they were when they were going for promotion. So so fingers crossed for me. Yeah, for me, it's a must not lose. Get a point on Saturday, and that's more than enough to guarantee us. League One safety. Quite a question for you. Sorry. They've yeah. got five games left. Does that change anything to, for you? Who, Bristol of, Yeah, they've got five left. They've got four, four of them away from home. Yeah. Wow. So they're going to be playing every Tuesday then? Yeah, they, well, they've got, the they've got us. Yeah, well, they've got us, Plymouth and Peterborough and Shrewsbury away. That that's their next four games, wow. and then they get they've got Bolton last game of the season at home. So they are. I take it they've got no midweek off now till the end of the season. No, no midweek off. Maybe maybe they rotate a little bit, or they Joey Barton won't be. But as a club and a fan base, they love Daryl Clark. Are they going to be looking to Avengers sacking? Well, they sacked him. They did. Very true. So, they attacked him in a similar way, and let's be fair, not not one of these players that was still there from when Clarkey was there. So I don't, think, I, I honestly don't think that's got anything to do with it. Um, I, I can't, I, I can't imagine that they're going, Jerry Barton's going to be too arsed about Daryl Clark being out of a job. No, I think, I think after what you said as well, I think it, what you said, Bez, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a must not lose because if you look at the results how they went last night. I think Atkinson are out of the equation. I think we haven't got to worry about 
We're eight, we're eight points in front of them. And they've got four games left. And their four games, they've got Portsmouth away. They've got Bolton away. The, the one they've got is Cambridge at home. And then they've got Oxford away. Mm. And if you look at Cambridge, we're six points in front of them. They've got Plymouth away Saturday. They've got Accrington away. They've got Burton away. And they've got Forest Green at home. So they're going to have to win at least two of them and get a point. So I think if we get another point, I think that will just about do it. If we get three, I think it's all over, to be fair. Agree. I actually think we could lose the last three and we'll still be okay. But I don't want to be in that position where we're relying on someone else on the last day. Get a point, hopefully get three on Saturday, but get a point. I think that's, I can sleep easy at night then. And we all know I like my sleep. We do. And because you like your sleep, that's the AV tip. AVtimings.com. Yeah. Goal one goal scorer. Go on, Bez. I'm going. 32nd minute. What team would you play, Bez? What's your team? Very quickly, team. I'd make one change from last night's side. I will play the same formation. So I'm going 3 4 3 if you want to call it that, although it's more of a 5 2 3. So same Stone, Smith, Forrester, Donnelly, back three with Smith in the middle. Was a Benning wing backs midfield two, Conlon and Ojo because Ojo's finished his suspension, I believe. But I'm not dropping plan to me. One change as Ojo comes in for Butterworth. So then Wilson's in the middle, Massey out on the right. I'm going to put Planty on the left. Johnny, I'd make four changes to that. Um, I think you've got to play your best eleven. And our best 11 has to have Alice Harrison in. Um, so, for me, Stone was Forrester Smith, Donnelly, Benning, mm. Pet, Ojo, Conlon, Harrison and um, Wilson. You're going back to the trusted 5-3-2. Yeah, you, you, Alice Harrison has got to play for, for, for this football club. He's, he's brilliant in both boxes. You saw last night... The amount of headers he won in their box when he came on is he, so important to us. Um, and yeah, so you've got to play him. And it gives Willow a foil. It's harsh on Massey. It's harsh on Planty. But you, we, we've, we've got to have experience in there. I can see your argument, Big Phil. Yeah, I, I'm more in Johnny's camp with this one. I think we need our best team out for this game. And I think we revert back to 5-3-2. Stoney, Worrell, Forrester, Smith, Donnelly, Benning, and I'll, I'll go with the I'll go with the same three as, as Johnny has in the middle. I'll go with Pet, Conlon, and Ojo, and I'd have the two I'd have the two up front, the ex Bristol Rovers pair that played down there. I'd have Taylor and I'd have Harrison, and I, it's harsh on it's harsh on Plenty, and it's, it's also harsh on on Willow and probably Massey. But I think that's the best team we could have to get that result. And I think having them two forwards, they won't prove a point with they being Bristol Rovers. They've scored they scored over 100 goals as a, as a, as a pairing at Bristol Rovers. So uh, I, I think that'll be the catalyst for us on Saturday if we can get them two up top. I can see the thought process behind it. And if we can win Saturday, that then takes the pressure off Charlton, takes the pressure off Plymouth. And you can have a look at Tommy Mack, you can have a look at Planty more, but the avtiming.com, I'm going with my side, so I'm going with first goal in the 36th minute, James Plant with his first senior goal for the club, and we hold on for the scrappy, honourable 1-0. Uh, 
Fair enough. Where are you, going? Are you going? Me? Yeah. I'm going 27, Nathan Smith. And score? 2 0. Big Phil. Well, it's not happened this season, so I'm, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go a bit left field with it. So I'm going to go 40 minutes, Tom Conlon free kick. One of his, one of his belters straight in. And I, 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 th- I think it's going to be a tense game. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, given, given, their, given their forward line, their attacking prowess. But I can't. They're, they're dodgy at the back as well. So I think there's going to be goals on this. I'm going to go 3-2 rail win. A thriller at Vale Park. I haven't got that in me, I don't think. <laughs> no. no. I'll I'll take an audible scrappy one nil. It goes in off someone's arse. League one safety secure. We can enjoy the last two games. Well, kind of enjoy the last two games and rebuild in the summer. Yep. Good to me. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Go on then, Johnny, wrap it up because I'm getting bad. Wrap it up. Um, well, you go and enjoy the beer dipper tomorrow. Um, make sure you don't have too much ice cream. Because you know what you children are like when you go on the roller coasters. Ah, uh, no. So make, make sure you don't have too much ice cream. Um, for everyone else, like Bez says, it, he'll be in Johnny's bar. Don't make, don't buy him a pint. He's loaded, that boy is. So, buy Mrs. Beer. You. Buy Mrs. Yeah, beer pints. She's working hard behind the bar. Get her a drink in instead. She's more deserving. Probably. She definitely is. And then, yeah, we'll be back. Sunday, more than likely. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully at some stage. If not, it'll be Monday, but we're hoping for Sunday. Um, but yeah, overall, hopefully it's good. We 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 carry on pushing on. Um, we're we're doing everything we can from our side to obviously try try and get the interview that everybody wants. Um, and hopefully we'll get to bring you that at some stage. Um, because I am I am trying my best. Um, but until then, um, let's hope for three points at the weekend. Big performance. Support the boys and have an ale and up the veil. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So, it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, 
There we go. So automate delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Saving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.